Please turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're going to continue on into the next section in James. I have entitled this ex- Exercising Self-Control. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Something we all need. Right? Yours truly included. And uh, <laughs> I'm preaching this to me as, I'm, as much as I'm preaching it to everybody else. And uh, as we continue on to these verses... In fact, this section, next section, actually covers verses 19 through 26. We may not get that far. We might only cover uh, you know, up to verse 21 at this time. I'll come back and do the rest another time. But uh, in these verses, Douglas J. Moo explains that James' main concern is in this first section has been to encourage Christians under the pressure of trials to respond with a steadfast endurance. That's it. That was in the first few verses in James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Also, we looked at James 1 and verse 12 in a different light. Uh, that is rooted in unwavering faith. That's seen in James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. He says, constancy, consistency, and singleness of purpose stands out as key Christian values. Let me say that again. Constancy, consistency, and singleness of purpose. You all catch that? Okay. Stands out as key Christian values. Such unflinching loyalty to God comes to expression in obedience to God's word. I like the word unflinching. You know, we don't flinch. Amen. And so James now goes on to help us with how we are to live in obedience to the word by saying now, in James chapter 1, I'm going to be reading two verses, verses 19 and 20 uh, from the New King James Version. Uh, He says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man, and that's every woman, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, verse 20, for the wrath of man or woman does not produce the righteousness of God. So let's start out at the beginning of verse 19. Okay, there's so much in here. All right, verse 19. First of all, I want you to catch that he says, so then my beloved brethren. Notice he addresses them as beloved brethren. And he says, my beloved brethren. Okay, showing that he had, now listen carefully, that he had a deep compassion and concern for them. That he wasn't just trying to convince them intellectually, but was actually trying to reach their hearts. This is really important, family. We need to understand that, you know, James, in everything that he wrote, it wasn't that he was trying to win an argument with them. He loved them. This is a spiritual father. And uh, John MacArthur, I love what he says. He says his affection for them was as equally strong as his obligation to them. His affection for them was equally strong as equally strong as his obligation. So he's obliged to say this, but he, his, his affection is on the same level. And we really need to have our affection on the same level as our obligation. You know, we don't want to be harsh and come across harsh. And uh, I, I, I am changing my ways as well, okay? <laughs> I am constantly learning. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, I, I really want to learn. Do you know one of the things that's so important, one of the things about your Christian life is that we learn every day. You know, we, we must never be in the place where we think we've arrived. If you think you've arrived, go home. 
<laughs> okay? Because, you know, we all have something to learn. And sometimes we're not even aware of some of the things that we do. Amen. And that's why it's good to have godly counsel. And it's good to have a listening ear. We're going to talk about that today as well. All right. Let me turn my page. Continue on in James 1.19. Notice how James goes on to say there, So then, my beloved brethren, let everyone, or every man, that's woman as well, be swift to hear. Hello. <laughs> okay? And slow to speak. You know, I could change that to say, swift to hear and slow to object. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, that drives it home a bit more, doesn't it? Okay? Because every time somebody tells us something, we want to straight away come back with our argument and justify ourselves and everything else. And he says, you know what? Shut up and listen. Just be quiet. Listen. You might learn something. Anyway. <laughs> in other words, in an age where getting the first word in and expressing yourself fluently and eloquently is highly regarded and in high demand, James says the very opposite, and that is be slow to speak and quick to listen. You know, I don't know how many times, I, when I was in the world and, you know, uh, that was sort of primary in my thinking, okay, the one thing I always regretted, regretted was if somebody said th something to me that I didn't come back with a retort. You know, if somebody said something that was a little bit damaging or a little bit hurtful or whatever, you know, because I'd see people that were so quick to come back with something. Oh, you're trying to tell me about myself. Let me tell, me, let me tell you something about you. And you know, just attack them straight back. And I mean, just sink their ship. And he's like, yeah. You know, God doesn't, God isn't happy with that. <laughs> we're thrilled. We're happy. We just walk up to him. Yeah, I did that. I took him down. But God doesn't see it that way. And we need to change the way we look at things. Amen? And I pray that you hear all of this today. <clears throat> Arkin Hughes writes, James has put his finger on a great need in the church today. For many of, many of us today are non-listeners. Celebrated psychologist Paul Tournier, I think is the way you pronounce his name, has memorably said, listen to the conversations of our world between nations as well as between couples. They are, for the most part, dialogues of the deaf. Billions and billions of words are produced every second, but only a fraction is truly heard. Isn't that something? There's so much said, so little heard. How many times have people complained, even in married couples, you know? You're just not hearing me. You're just not listening. And that's the biggest problem. People, you know, <laughs> the biggest problem to relationships is when people don't listen. They don't hear. You know, they, it's, it's sad that we switch off all the time, <laughs> you know, especially if it's somebody that's talking a lot. Okay, one person is, 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 is truthful here. All right, you know, you know, some people even leave the phone and walk off and come back five minutes later and they're still going. <laughs> All right, I won't mention, but you know, there's some people you just, you know, for self-preservation almost, you just switch, kind of switch off. But the thing is, you know, somewhere in there, they're saying something. 
somewhere in there. If you see, listening isn't necessarily just what they're saying. Listening is why are they saying that? Why do they need to speak so much? Why do they need to express so much? Do they feel like they're not being heard? Hmm? Because somebody that's, that knows they're being heard usually doesn't say a lot. They'll just say what they have to say and they'll move on. And you know, you better be listening because <laughs> you're not going to get it again. Hello? <laughs> and so that, that's showing us a symptom of something else. And if we don't really listen, I mean really listen, we're going to miss that. And then they're going to go do something and we'll go, oh, I wonder why they did that. Something bad, okay? Hmm. Let me just get back to this. All right. We're wandering off into another area now. <laughs> we need to learn to slow down and pray like Samuel did in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. Speak, for your servant is listening. We need to be that way. Amen? As uh, Simon J. Kistamaka points out, listening is an art that is difficult to master. For it means, listen, okay, this is fantastic. It means to take an intense interest in the person who is speaking. Did you hear that? He says, listening is the art of closing one's mouth and opening one's ears and heart. Listening is loving your neighbor as yourself. Their concerns and problems are sufficiently important to be heard. I really love that. Amen? It's an art. Keeping your mouth closed and listening is an art. <laughs> okay? Something that we need to learn to develop in our life. So much of the time, we're so quick to speak. I'm going to give you some verses from Proverbs. There's a lot of stuff in Proverbs. You know, remember James is the Proverbs of the New Testament, okay? And so we're going to go back to the Old Testament and see a lot of things that Proverbs talks about that I believe James has picked up on, especially living around Jesus, you know, his half-brother, and watching him keep his mouth closed. This is, this is God who knew everything, understood everything, and didn't say that much. I, I reckon James used to look at Jesus and think, yeah, there's a lot going on, on the, you know, upstairs, but you say very little. Amen. You know, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you know, when Jesus was being tried and all the stuff that went on, that was all illegal, by the way. Trials at night, you never have one of those. Never crucify anybody on, on, a, on a feast day or you know, one of those special days. Everything was wrong with what happened you know, with this crucifixion. Everything. But you know what's incredible is it says, in, I think it's in Isaiah, it talks about that he didn't open his mouth. He just, he just stayed quiet all the way through. All the interrogations. Can you imagine what he could have said back? This is the man who knew people's hearts, who knew where they were coming from, all the hypocrisy that was there. He proved it with all the times he was speaking and whenever the Pharisees jumped up and said something and he would tell them a story and get them nodding and then they realized the story is about them. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I mean, the, the number of ways it could take people down is just countless. And yet, you know, at that point in time, it was time to say nothing. And he said nothing, or very few words. If we need to learn something, let's learn that. When to speak, when to listen. Amen? When to stay quiet. <coughs> Hallelujah. All right. Continuing on, James goes on to say that we should be slow to speak. As Arkent Hughes points out, James is not barring a friendly, fast-paced conversation. And neither is he suggesting that Christians are to be inarticulate. But he is directing and promoting the common sense principle to think before you speak. Amen. <laughs> Some people's mouths are going so quick. It's, you know, they're saying things that later on their brain's going, wait, what? Did I say that? <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have said that. That was meant to be a secret. <laughs> Whatever. <you know. laughs> Hello. Okay. <laughs> the ancient world understood this, though many disregarded it. Zeno, the Stoic philosopher, said, we have two ears and one mouth, therefore we should listen as twice as much as we speak. Amen. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about being slow to speak. For example, it says in Proverbs 17, I want to read verses 27 and 28. It says, a truly wise person uses few words. A truly wise person uses few words. Do you know why? Because they measure their words. They, to them, it's not about who gets the first word in and how voluminous it is. It's about keeping your words as concise, accurate, and balanced. Amen? So that what you say is measured. What you say means. You know, you, you say what you mean and you mean what you say. And that's pretty much it. And he says, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. See, this is what leads back to when James is going to talk about slow to speak and then slow to anger. Okay? I like verse 28. I almost left it out. It says, even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. <laughs> okay? It says, when they keep their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. Yeah. Amen. I got away with that for a long, you know, <laughs> all my life. I just shut up. I thought, you know what? Even if they think you're stupid, don't open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you could look like, yes, he's thinking. Actually, there's nothing going on up there. <laughs> it's cricket in the brain, you know. And, uh, I, and so much of the time, uh, but the thing was, I learned not to say, you know, people sometimes, in what they say, so one of the techniques, let me just, two seconds, all right? One of the techniques in counseling is when somebody is talking to you, if you are really listening, what you do is you say back to them what you believe they're saying to you. And then they either confirm or they say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. That way you're not going off in a tangent, thinking, oh, I need to say this to them when they finish talking and get it all wrong. 
Are, are you all with me? Okay, so one of the techniques is you actually repeat something that somebody says, and sometimes even they don't realize that they've said something that has you know, caused you to you know, go in another direction by what they said. Sometimes we think of, of something, we want to say something, but the words say something else. You know, what we, what we want to say and what we actually say sometimes are two different things. And so that's why in counseling, that's one of the things that you do. You repeat something back and then they go, because you just think, wait, I don't think they meant to say that. And so you say something, go, oh, no, no, no I didn't mean that. You go, yeah, I didn't think you, did, you meant that. And then they'll sort of adjust, correct, and then go back in the right direction. And then both of you are going in the same direction. Are you with me? Okay. But I've noticed something, you know, when sometimes you're talking to people and, you know, they may not get what you're saying and then they just sort of look like they understood everything and they start repeating it back to you and you're thinking that's nothing like what I said. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19. It says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, don't talk too much, for it fosters sin. Hmm? And it goes on to say, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Let me put it in the feminine. He who, uh, she who restrains her lips is wise. You know, we really need to, male and female, we really need to be careful how much we say. Compulsive talkers, I've got this written here. Compulsive talkers will eventually say something either harmful or they will, that they will regret later. Whereas the wise know how to control their tongue and watch what they say. I can put my hand up to this. You know, there have been times, this usually happens in social occasions. You know, when all the barriers go down and when you just start talking. and You know, especially some of those people that are well lubricated. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay? You're filled with the Spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm trying to say? And they start talking, and then they just talk and talk and talk. And later on, they go, Dear God, what did I say? <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, you said a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't one of those. I've I mean, met people like that, and, and you know, I, I just remembered one person. I, they were, they were just going down a path. It was, I knew they were going to regret. And I very gently just ushered them away. I thought, the less you say, the less you have to regret the next day. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> you know? Okay? This is not going to be good. It was a work thing. Okay? All right. All right. So, in fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, from the New Living Translation, it says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Hallelujah. Or as one, <laughs> one translation puts it, guard your words and you'll guard your life. I really like that. Guard your words and you will guard your life. Anything you say shall be used against you in a court of law. It's a universal law. Amen? You know, not just the earthly law, everything you're saying is being used against you. Or it works for you. Either you get demons going or you get angels going. See, because <laughs> you know, we think it's funny, you know, when they say anything you say will be used you in the court of law and you just think, okay, I better shut up. And yet in life, 
My goodness. And the court is out. The verdict is out, man. <laughs> okay. You've said stuff. And then you wonder how come things aren't working in your life. That's why Jesus said, by your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. Amen. <clears throat> Let me just read this again. He says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. And he says, a quick retort, that is uncontrolled tongue, can ruin everything. Did you hear that? It can ruin everything. You know, so, sometimes you, you take so long to build something. And in one moment, you can tear it all down. That's why we really need to be careful what we say. I know for myself, you know, when things just pile on you and you just, you know, and then the littlest thing will set you off. Is there anybody that's not a saint in here? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying. All right, and then, you know, and then you say something. Something irritates you. Something normally you'd go, oh, you know what, don't worry about it. But today... Oh, dear God, you know, it's like the world is ending. And, and you say something, and you know as you're saying it, you shouldn't say it. Because it's not a kind thing. And you think, I'm going to regret this later. And still you say it. And then you do regret it later. And then you think, why the heck did I say that? I, I'm just saying to you, okay, I'm just... We, we need to catch ourselves. And so many times I have said to myself, you're going to regret this. Shut up. You know, somebody once said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. Amen. Well, why shouldn't I? You know, that's the truth. Can I just say this? How you dish it out, it'll be dished out. If you hush up about some things, then can I say this? You're not going to reap a harvest of something you said that you're going to regret because it always comes back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Amen. You know, we want harvest and everything, and then suddenly our words, no, 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 we don't want anything on that. It's a law. It works on everything. It's like a ball. You can throw a ball up and it'll come down. You throw up a cat up, it'll come down. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay? I mean, well, mostly. Unless it clung to the ceiling. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter. It's a law. Gravity works the same way for everything. Okay. One more thing. <laughs> so often, without fully understanding, because of our faulty listening, we are quick to jump to wrong conclusions. Quick to judge, quick to say the worst, quick to offer advice. We want to give our opinion and pronounce verdicts on every situation and person without ever once consulting God about it or even listening to all the facts. Did you get all of that? There's a mouthful, isn't it? Be careful what you assume. There's so much of the time we jump ahead. Somebody starts talking and we go, oh, I know what you're going to say. I know where you're going with this. And we start giving advice. And you, know, and you know what? They weren't even going there. That's where you went. There's nobody else there. You're by yourself. 
<laughs> you totally got it wrong. How do you know this? Hello. You know, when I first went in the ministry, I, you know, I used to listen and go, okay, I know where you're going. Let me just stop you now because I don't want to spend three hours with you. First, in, not now, okay? Not now, not now, all right? This is when I first started. You know what I'm saying, okay? When you think you know everything and you're stupid, okay? And I'm not meant to use that word, but I was. All right, I'm just telling you, okay? And, and you just don't know what you don't know. Dear God, the stuff I'm learning right now. Thank God, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I was at that place where I would just jump ahead. And be like, yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. You know, all you need is this, this, and this. And when I finish talking, they'd go, okay, so, and they just keep going and go, oh, is that what you meant? <laughs> so we learn to hush. We learn to listen. We learn to stop trying to jump ahead exactly what this says. Quick to judge, quick to say the worst, quick to offer advice, quick to give our opinion pronounce verdicts on situations we don't have all the facts on. Amen. <clears throat> Proverbs 18, 13. <laughs> so I looked up the New Living Translation, and in two different places it said two different things, and I like them both. So if you go online and look up the New Living Translation, it will give you this. If you go to a biblical version, maybe that you've got that's a little bit old, it'll give you another version, but they're both great, so I'm going to read both. Okay, if you get lost somewhere, this is the reason why. <laughs> okay, it says here, Proverbs 18, 13, in one version of the New Living Translation, it says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Did you get that? Spouting off before listening to the facts. Before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. The other version says, what a shame, what folly to give advice before listening to the facts. This usually happens when we've been hurt by someone. When we can't, can't wait to tell them off. Hello. And James says, let every man and woman be swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow down. I know you want to say something. I know you want to come back. Especially if it's something damaging that's being said about you. And you believe it to be wrong. How many times do we just want to jump in there and tell them off? And say, so you got that wrong. <laughs> okay? James is saying, just quiet down. Let them finish. Hmm? And then you listen to God about what to say. Don't consult yourself because self is not the best person to ask sometimes about these things. And self is always looking out for self. Hello. Whereas God will, you know, people have said things to me when I was immature that I have jumped in and immediately corrected them because bless God, that's not who I am. That's not right. And then once I matured, I would then listen to more, not just what they were saying, but why were they saying it? And I asked myself, have they been hurt by something I've said? And are they now saying this to me? Because this is their way of justifying themselves. You know, sometimes, we, you know what I'm trying to say by attacking somebody else? And in listening, 
When you really listen, you'll hear more than what they're saying. You'll hear the heart behind what they're saying. And instead of jumping in there and telling them how wrong they are or everything else, you'll say, I am so sorry if I did something to hurt you. I really wasn't aware of it and I didn't realize what I was saying. See, now that's much better than, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> and they were like, got it on tape. Here, listen. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, sometimes people say things and they don't mean the way you heard it. That's why they will, they will deny they ever said it. Because in their heart and in their mind, they never said that. But you heard those words and you interpreted it in a certain way that, you know, was hurtful to you and everything else. When they might have been just saying it for a whole other reason. You know how sometimes people say something and it's a little bit, you know, uh, abstract. And people say, oh, he's talking about me. And he's, he's trying to get this point across to me, you know, by making it all abstract. But he's talking about me. I know he's talking about me. I wasn't. <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe God was talking to you, but I wasn't. I was really, you know, I was off somewhere else. You just took this and ran. But, but that's why I always say, I am sorry. You know, those are some of the most powerful words you can say. The world says, never say you're sorry. And you know what? There's all these hurt people going around, not being heard, being damaged, as one person said, all I wanted was that person to say sorry. That's all, and it would have, been, would have been fine. And the devil knows that. So he makes sure that people don't say sorry. That it's not politically correct or something. I don't know. <laughs> Amen? You, you, you know what? Know who you are in Christ. Know that you're not, you, you don't change your position in God when you say you're sorry. You're not less for it. In fact, you're more. Amen? We need to change our view on these things. All right. I have actually run out of time. Um, haven't run out of things to say. <laughs> Do I ever? <laughs> In a multitude of words. <laughs> okay, passage is hushed now. All right, okay. Uh, let me finish with this and pick it up here as well. In his commentary, Simon J. Kissamaka says, careless words often accompany an angry mood, because we're going to talk about that next. James pleads for restraint. He wants us to be wise in our speaking. And we're going to look at Proverbs 21, 23 next week, where, where it says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. We cause a lot of problems with what we say. You know, and then we blame God and say, God, why am I having such a bad you know, problem or situation in my life? And God says, talk less you'll have less problems. <laughs> Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll pick up here next time. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you for your word today, and we thank you, Father. These are difficult things, and these are things that if we learn, if we hear what your Spirit is saying to us, we accept what he's saying to us. 
Lord, that we will live a peaceful, a blessed life. And it is your desire for us to live the best life possible. And Father, I just pray over each and every person here today. I thank you, Lord, that if we have said things that weren't correct or weren't right, I just pray and thank you that there is forgiveness for all of this and that we will change, that we can become better, that we are not stuck in who we are. That's the miracle about us. Every day we can change and we can become better than we were yesterday. And tomorrow we'll be even better than we were today. Hallelujah. I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>